Welcome to the Sound of Truth Bible Chat with your host, Brett Morani, where he leads discussion in God's Word. Let's join him now. Time for another Bible Chat, and I have my longtime good buddy, Stephen Adams, on the phone with me. Pastor Stephen Adams, welcome to Sound of Truth Bible Chat again. Oh, thanks, Brett. I appreciate that. Good to be with you. Okay, so here's my intro for our chat today based on the book we're going to be chatting about. Are you ready, Stephen? Mm-hmm. Here it goes. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. <laughs> Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Yeah. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Now, you did a yeehaw. I thought you were supposed to go, whoa. Oh, yeah. I forgot how that went. Yeah. I remember that show, that's for sure. So if you're our age or above, you know exactly. And you you grew up in the United States of America, and you, you watched any manner of television flipping through the channels on Saturday evenings. You know exactly where that came from. That was a song on the hit television variety show, Hee Haw. And that's not a bad song to use to introduce the book of the Bible we're going to chat about today. Yeah, yeah. It fits really good. That's it. The book of Lamentations. Lamentations. You might notice the word lament in the word Lamentations because that's what it is. It's a book of multiple laments from the prophet Jeremiah, who has sometimes been called what, Stephen? Uh, The weeping prophet. Exactly. The weeping prophet. Jeremiah prophesies to God's people about the destruction coming their way. And because of their sin and their rebellion against God, God has to discipline them. And they're taken into captivity. And then the book of Jeremiah, which is right in our in our Bibles today, is right before the book of Lamentations. 52 chapters of prophetic pronouncements of doom and gloom, and with, with, but with glimmers of hope. And then the book of Lamentations, five chapters in a more poetic form of lamenting over the state of God's people because of their sin and the consequences that have come with it. Stephen, you want to step in and just make some observations about this book as well? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, several things that really jumped out at me, but, um, and of course, chapter three is, is such a, a good chapter that people, if they know anything about Lamentations, or, or maybe I should say if they don't know anything, they may know something from chapter three. But one of the things that really stood out to me, and I know I'm probably jumping way ahead, was in chapter I believe it's chapter four, where he um, he talks about just the sins of the priest, I guess, more than anything, priests and prophets. And it's also interesting that as he's repenting and he's confessing things to God and he's asking God for mercy and he's acknowledging the sins of the land, he includes himself, you know, in his uh, confessions, you know, we have sinned. But it, it was striking to me, and I think this is true for the book of Jeremiah and you know, other places, perhaps in Lamentations. But he's calling out the priest, you know, the spiritual leaders and their involvement in the spiritual condition of the of the nation and how bad things have gotten. So he really is pointing out the reality that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's not just the people. It's also the spiritual leaders. In fact, we might be able to make an argument that part of the reason why the people are so rebellious is because of weak spiritual leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay. Anything yeah. else you want to draw attention to from this little book? Well, uh, going back to chapter four and the, the sins of the priests. So um, just uh, reading as we uh, go along, which, by the way, it, it in verse six, he talks about the punishment is greater than the 
punishment for the sin of Sodom, you know, and he just refers to how that came quickly, just happened in a moment, but this is kind of an ongoing consequence uh, of their sins. But then he says in verse 13, he talks about uh, the sins of of prophets. It's interesting because, I mean, um, I'm sorry, Jeremiah is is a prophet, but um, in the, uh, says the iniquities of her priest who shed in her midst the blood of the just. So sounds like the priests were even involved in you know, murderous schemes, don't know for sure. But then it goes on to say in verse 16, says the face of the Lord has scattered them. And it says he is no, he no longer regards them. And then it says the people who do not respect the priest nor show, show favor to the elders. You know, it's just a sad day that um, the leadership has become corrupt, the priest and, and, and the other leaders, and they're not respected anymore by, by the people. So that was a interesting uh, thing that just jumped out to me. Yeah, you, I know you're using the New King James Version. I have both the NKJV, New King James Version, and I have the NIV open. The NIV, that is New International Version, says this in verse 16, The Lord himself has scattered them. He no longer watches over them. In the NKJV, it says he no longer regards them. The idea that the reason why they had not been conquered previously is because God's hand of protection was over them. Mm, yeah. And now the Babylonians come in and conquer them only because God's people had rebelled against God, and so God had withdrawn his hand of protection to allow this to occur. Yeah. Something for us to think about in our own lives when we stray from the Lord and begin to experience negative consequences as a result of that straying. Could it be that the Lord is graciously removing his hand of protection in order that we might experience some suffering in order to get our attention, that we might repent and return to him? For it's undoubtedly true that a measure of suffering as consequence for our rebellion is mm. better in that it gets our attention turns us to God than, than God continues to protect and allow us to continue in our stubborn rebellion, which would result in much worse consequences even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned the bright spot of chapter three, which I did do a message on here at Harvest Jacksonville and is available on the YouTube channel, a shorter version of that message. But I do think it's good to perhaps uh, close out our discussion with at least some bright spot because there's so much negativity here in this book and so much lament and so much sadness. But there is a glimmer of hope right in the heart of the book near the conclusion of chapter three, starting verse 22, really. Yes, yes. The beauty of it is uh, he recognizes that the Lord is merciful. I mean, he is compassionate. And it's interesting. I think he sees it tied to their repentance. You know, I think it's in, uh, I know I'm jumping back a little bit, but I think it's in chapter two where he says, let us, you know, return to the Lord. Let us, you know, let us, you know, repent. But you're right. But he recognizes that uh, when we do, his mercies are new every morning, like he says in verse 23. And uh, I love the passage where he talks about verse 25, the Lord is good to those who wait on him and uh, to the soul that seeks him. And so I just, I just love that. Just, I think he's, he's, he's crying out to God. He is brokenhearted over the, the things that are happening to his uh, kinsmen. And he's so desiring for the country to turn back to God. But he's recognizing that, man, if they do, God is, is so merciful and he is good. And uh, he may not see it overnight, but he's just going to wait on God and uh, trust that he's good. So, yeah, I, lo- I love that sentiment that he's expressing there. So I'd like to just conclude this chat with a 
reading of Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 26. This is from the NIV. And remember, this is in the context of great heartache, great brokenness, great anguish. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And to that we say, Amen. That's good stuff. All right, brother. Thanks for joining me on this chat, Stephen. Appreciate you. Yes, appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth Podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.